Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with me myself. <laughs> um, you guys, uh, I've been away for a bit. Uh, I've not um, been posting on my YouTube or my podcast, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, actually, I feel really, <laughs> I felt really bad. I did record, a, like, one episode while I was in Scotland, which is where I've been. I've been performing, I've been doing shows in Scotland. I was doing, I was headlining show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and then I was um, I was in London uh, for a week, and I, at first I wanted to produce a massive amount of content while I was there, but uh, this being my first time like doing a show, um, like basically I had a solo show where I was doing like forty or fifty minutes of stand up a night, and then I also had to like promote for that, and just traveling, and eventually the time got away from me, and I realized that, you know maybe maybe I needed to just take in and enjoy this uh, experience, which it turned out to be basically a transformational experience. I won't get into a bunch of platitudes about just, oh, you know, how you need to travel. But I do want to talk about travel in the meta sense, because it's been about once every three years or so, I take a trip and um, that really revolutionizes how I, I look at world. Actually, I'd say every every two years or so. And one of the things that really changed about me in this one, and I think it's changed about me every time, is that um, when you when you leave the place that you're living, like when you leave the place that you're living and you you go off on a on a trip, and now I'm not talking like a three day trip or something like that, but like a three week, four week, a month long trip or a couple months, you you realize number one, you you become aware of how much the culture that you're in kind of restricts the way in which you perceive the world and things that you take to be um i would say parts of reality in the same way the laws of physics are um operate as parts of reality aren't to be true and about how a human nature is 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 very different yet the same um one of the things that was really um really relieving and um a breath of of fresh air was to leave Chicago and to be in Scotland and and to be in London. Now I I'm originally from London. I was born in London and I was raised in Hong Kong. Then I spent time in Texas and then I moved to Malaysia. And then I lived in Malaysia for about a year and then moved to London. I was taking just courses um uh on economics and stuff um in a kind of gap year um between then and law school in which I lived in Chicago. And one of the things that I Chicago is a very liberal and racist city, and it is not racist in an overt Charlottesville kind of way, just in the way in which human beings interact with each other and how that you very rarely see mixed groups of friends. I won't say very rarely. You rarely see it. You rarely see interracial couples, and and me walking around through the city of Chicago, I mean, I, I've, when I was in Chicago, I went on, I want to say upwards... I want to say I went on over 70 to 80 dates while I was in Chicago with different women. And not one of the girls I had ever gone on a date with were from Chicago. And it's not from not trying or anything like that. And so it it kind of living in Chicago, I've kind of felt like in a sense and operated as a a person feeling as a second class citizen, a person who feels like they're not... It, it it was weird for me to realize how I didn't feel like I related with the city um, and I never was part of the city and um, that even a fully realized version of myself wasn't what that city wanted. And it's, it's not it's not overt. I want to say once again, you, you people in Chicago, there there's niceties 
um, that they expend, extend over to minorities. Sure, they'll be, they'll be like, hey, how's it going? Um, um, and then carry on the conversation for like maybe three or four sentences before cutting it off or, or giving you the cue that they really don't, they really don't want to associate you on, with you on a deeper level. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because in Scotland and in London, um, there was just this earnestness of people to basically know me, know the friends that I was around and, and that race wasn't even much of a concept there. Like I even had issues and some of my other comedians from Chicago, like, uh, Shroop Kareem, who's also been on the podcast, St. James Jackson, who will one day be on the podcast, um, Joshua Tusanya and Nick Ogle, all these guys, we, we went out and, um, we we talked to people and everyone uh, we all had material which involved race and race isn't real for them there and so uh, in Scotland not so much in London when we had a lot of Londoners in the audience it, race is real there but it doesn't act in the same way and it just this basically this openness and this basically engagement with the person as who they are or their nationality and not as their race was uh, not jarring because jarring has a negative context but just enlightening that like the place that I wasn't was living that's that's not determinative of of that like if I'm, I'm if I'm speaking candidly I, I wrote a core answer about this I, several months ago um, about do you know what it's like to be ugly what does it feel like to be unattractive and I know empirically I'm not on I'm not uh, I know empirically I am attractive I, I have a six-pack I, I have a nice face I've to- been told many times that I am attractive but when I lived in Chicago I, I, and operating in that city, I, I did feel, I, I felt undesirable. Um, and I, I guess that's the, at the root of, of being unattractive is um, a feeling of being undesirable. And so being in Scotland and being in London and feeling very, very desired and, and authentic um, willingness and excitement to know me was just really a breath of fresh air for my confidence and re-reminded me of, 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 of times in the past where I hadn't felt like that. Um, but it, it kind of also engendered in me an idea and a concept of, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, people like, um, Clay Hurlbut, I think he, we had a podcast episode two ago about icons. And, um, he, he told me once, you know, cause he, Clay Clay's a white guy, and he was. I, I've I've expressed to him my 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 contempt for for kind of the dating meta structure in Chicago before, and he he told me something that um it bothered me, and also I do believe that it's true in certain context, right? He told me that his grandmother said, "No matter where you go, there you are," and. I do believe that's true. I do believe that a lot of times uh life is um is a lot of life is you and I think that there is a level of self-reliance that we we don't give ourselves credit for and that we preach against the system when it's us individually that needs to change. I do not disagree with any of that assertion. That being said, I think there's places where it's easier to be yourself than not. Um, and I think they're actually, and I will push it further and I'll say there's some places where you cannot be fully realized as the self that you want to be. Um, most namely, if you want to be, let's say a stand, a political standard comedian being a political standard comedian in, in North Korea, you're definitely going to have limitations. Um, 
And uh, one of the things I do give credit for the West for is that they've facilitated an environment in which, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of things, a lot of the things that we take most for granted are the things, are the mo- our greatest privileges are the ones we don't feel. And because, um, because they're, they're so deeply embedded in our day to day and they'd be horribly inconvenient for our lives, not them not to be in our lives, but we're not aware of them because we're so steeped in that reality and we take it for granted. And one of those things being freedom of speech. Um, I've said awful, horrible, vile things into a microphone um, in the stakes of getting laughs. And one of the things that really, I guess, I love about the West is, is, is that um, freedom of speech largely is, is basically almost a universal staple of Western culture and civilization. And, um, and I mean, even the freedom of speech has limits. The, the limits are, are, are way broader than, in, in, let's say, in places like uh, Saudi Arabia or in a place like North Korea or a myriad of, of other places or even in the West and in the past. You know, um, things that I've said into a microphone would be uh, offensive, punishable by death. You know, um, I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going there. But I, I do feel that I, I, I come off hypercritical of the West sometimes, and I think we all do. And uh, but I think it's because everybody in the West is is in the West, and we can see how it can, or not everybody who's critical of the West. You, you get what I'm saying? There, there, there's a lot of focus and attention there. But that being said, there's a lot, your, your ability to criticize it, your ability to criticize the West is also wrapped in its privilege. It's, it's the privilege of the West is implicit in your critici- criticization because you're given a platform in which you're able to do it. Um, but back to travel, um, I so I'm the reason I'm doing this solo podcast about travel is partially I don't have a guest. I want to get something out and I want to kind of explain where I am in my life and moving forward and um, why this trip was, uh, I think, really, really great for me um, in a lot of ways. Um, number one, so right now I am in Houston, Texas. I'm in Houston, Texas. My family lives here. For those of you who have been watching on the news, there have been massive floodings in my um, former home city. Um, our house is generally fine with a couple of leaks here and there. There was no extensive flooding in the house, and so everything is good. Um, stopping off here for two days. I leave on Wednesday, and I move out to New York, where I'll be looking for a place to live um and um yeah moving my life over to new york and i'm moving to new york for the same reason i think it's important to travel and that that is is that there's a league of opportunity available for me in new york that i don't think is present in the same amount in chicago and when when there is a scarcity of opportunity or or um, or limited um ways out um into what you want to do and what i want to do as many of you guys know and have listened and have have heard me talk about is i want to be a stand up comedian i want to be an author i want to be a public speaker and a youtuber and podcaster that's a lot of things but they're all tied together in one facet which is i love communicating and sharing ideas fundamentally i want to get paid for my ideas much like james altucher uh, another core superstar, and I have a podcast with him that I'm just sitting on. I haven't mixed it yet, so expect that whenever it comes out. <laughs> um, but one one of the things that I think is very important um, is is understanding when you need to leave a place, whether that is to move or whether that is to whether that is uh, whether it's a, whether it's a, you need to move or you just need time away. 
Um, I, I remember when I left to Malaysia, um, I graduated from college, and this was 2012, I graduated from college, and I had started a business with my best friend, Juvian. Now, Juvian, he has a, a YouTube channel called uh, The Gonzo Gentleman. He's my best friend in the whole world, love and loads. Um, and we had started a business together that was essentially Quora, but we didn't know what Quora was at the time. And um, it was called My Opinion. The business failed. And while I was in Malaysia, I was taking care of my grandmother who had Alzheimer's. And not, not solo taking care of her. I had my cousins and aunts as well. Um, we were all sharing in this. And um, I, I was basically, in a sense, largely isolated uh, because I was where our house is in Malaysia is I can get to the central town with a 30-minute train ride or 40-minute train ride. But it, it's a, with a little bit of hike to get to the, the train. And... Um, I just wanted to be at home with um, my aunt to help out with my grandmother and stuff like that. And I was studying for the law school entrance exams as well and looking up opportunities. And while I was suspended in this kind of this reality of um, not being in America, I realized, um, I started to realize that a lot of my own failings, um, and I don't think I would have realized them as deeply as I did um, until I was in Malaysia. And I basically had a lot of time to think to myself about my current situation. Now, when I was in, in college, I, I wasn't a great academic student, especially my first couple of years, because uh, I had uh, uh, various illicit problems, <laughs> uh, which I'll mention after later on. Um, but I, I had problems, and um, I didn't. I um, and I, I kind of came from a very victim mentality, and being abstracted from living in America, um, being abstracted in that capacity basically let me realize that uh I was I was the I was the reason why I wasn't where I wanted to be. I had, I had friends who who were going on to the next stages of their lives and and being hyper successful at that. Friends going to Stanford, Oxford, Harvard, Yale, all these these great um institutions and back then I cared um more so about um academic prestige um because partially is I've always been in a large sense very insecure about my intelligence. This was rooted in um in in two in twofold. Partially um because um I I didn't do well in school in some in some stages and also that um I had read a when when I was I had stumbled across a couple neo Nazi websites and I say neo Nazi but the basically neo Nazi and um in, in belief websites and read about like IQ blah 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 of uh of 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 varying races and which made me number one second guess my humanity um and then number two uh uh wonder if I was actually in a sense intelligent and so I wanted and I I came from this position where I wanted to prove to people that I was I wanted to prove to people that I was a a, a strong person or an intelligent person and I was going to be successful because of my past and because I, I felt like at that time a lot of people wished ill against me. And I um and so I I, I cared a lot more about schools then because I wanted that. But here's something and to take a quick sidebar that I'm going to let you guys know is like people people will discredit you. people who don't like you will always discredit you. Um, it's because their point of view on who you are is from such a, a negative place that it, it corrupts anything, any narrative that could be good, and it twists and it turns it just like funny mirrors. So what I I eventually did was um, while I was in Malaysia, I came to the realization 
um, that I was responsible for my life. And I, I always kind of knew that, but it was the first time I realized success wasn't inevitable. And I, I think that time out of, of being in, in Texas or being around anybody I, I knew besides the people I loved in my family in Malaysia, I really got a concept of how I was going to be successful moving forward. And I read, 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 and I read. I read so many books while I was over there, and I, I watched um, Elliot Hulse religiously. And at that time, he was posting videos every day, and it, um, and I was reading a lot of Mark Manson's blog and his book, and and fundamentally, my entire how I viewed myself and a lot of the views in which I have that are have gained me a lot of popularity on Quora and a, a, a small amount of popularity for my YouTube and my podcast um, come from basically that time in Malaysia and being separated from. Um, being separated from my regular routine. And I think that's one of the powers of travel is because so much of our life is on autopilot um, persistently that we're, we're just going through not thinking about the day because we have these habit structures within our mind that lay below the neofront cortex. So we're not really making these decisions, right? We're just, we're just going on and carrying on these, uh, th- these things as they are. Uh, as, we, as we've been basically training ourselves to do with less self-reflection. And even if we are very self-reflective, the, being so steeped in habits can get us, it, it, it can, it kind of forces us to just think the same thoughts over and over again. While whenever you travel, you kind of basically abstract yourself out and you get thoughts that you would have never had before or you get to experience a different part of yourself. So, for example, when Juvian and I, um, we backpacked through Europe in 2014. This is after I got doing my courses in London. And we backpacked through Europe. And we are I think, ultimately, eight weeks, I think, is how long we were traveling. And it was, I'm going to say, if there was a trip that pushed me as close to my breaking point, it was that trip. And it, there's something about living out of a backpack, hopping from hostel to hostel, going out and partying every night, trying to read books and contextualize this, and then relating all your experiences with uh, another person and worrying about basically their happiness and their comfortability and, and them worrying about, in a sense, yours is absolutely exhausting. And during that period of time, I grew a lot. I, I think I, I grew a lot in, so a lot of you guys know I have a history where I, I, I did game. I still do game, um, but like at that point, it was, I would say, a lot more fundamental part of my life. Um, and I grew leaps and bounds with being able to relate with women and, 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 and to be, in a sense, I guess, romantic and to have fun in, in that way. Um, but I... When the the thing about that trip was um, that I felt more and more ungrounded as the trip went on, so we because we we were going off and we were going doing all these things and and eventually I just I just felt so like I mean we would work out every now and then but there was no it was, I felt like I was growing as a person but I felt like at the same wavelength I was deteriorating and I was falling apart. And um, that I I wasn't building anything. And so even though I was growing, I wasn't building. And uh, when that trip came to an end, I, I still to this day, um, I still to this day um, 
am getting lessons from that journey. Like I, I remember having the realization during that trip that um, um, the secret to falling to being happy in life was to fall in love with pain. Um, and that was like talking to this random Italian dude at this 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 hostel in Copenhagen. Or I, I learned about, I really learned about this concept that I've, I've talked about many times called think, do, where it's where you think and then you do and, um, and how that basically compounds and builds an amazing adventure. Um, I, I learned a lot of, uh, I, I remember the one, um, I, one of the biggest realizations I had, which was um, uh, with Jay and I, and it was like my last day in, in Rome and it, I was going back early. And he was going to go stay with a girl in um, Hamburg. And um, I, was, I asked him, what is it that you don't respect about me? And he, he had told me that what, what I don't respect about you is how you don't trust yourself. And how that I, I look many times for people to give me permission to be who I want to be. And that realization, you know, I, I reflect upon it time and time again. It, 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 it was worth it. You know, um, it was worth all the this, and then even even the 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 huge fights that Jay and I would get into over seemingly small stuff, but just kind of just the stress with just being around somebody for that long. And I remember reading Mastery on on my flight um, from from uh, Copenhagen because I flew from I flew from Rome to Copenhagen, and I flew from Copenhagen to London, and and then I when I got finally got home. And I tidied up my apartment, and I went for a run. But I was reading the book Mastery, and I remember I, I burst into tears. And I burst into tears because I, I think it, the book was able to speak to me at a deeper level at that point. And I, I think the more you travel, like this this experience in London was, uh, and, 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 um, and Edinburgh, like I, I didn't feel the same kind of level of, of of stress that I felt whenever Jay and I were are traveling together, and I kind of felt like I was walking through, kind of impervious to to the normal anxieties, and I was just accepting things as this as they happened. Um, you know, I got to perform at the comedy store that easily couldn't have happened. Um, I was ready for I was basically ready for whatever. I had I had sold out crowds. I had only four people come out to see me one or three people come out to see me one time. Um, I had everything in between and basically I'd been pushed into the state where I was just perpetually in the present, not present moment, I don't want to sound like a douche because I was definitely contemplating on the future, but I, I could I, I could have worried about a lot more while I was out there and I didn't. I just um, did what I could in front of me and and saved, and basically that oriented me to making good decisions and I didn't have much of a plan and even though my plan was amorphous and I probably could have tech quote unquote got more out of the trip if I had done things differently I could have maybe got more shots or whatever but I think it's important to not try and see what experiences mean to you at that moment and to to basically let some time pass and to let them basically give you insight into into what they could be um and rehash them um, I, there was a, a big lesson that I, I fundamentally did have 
and I, I learned it from Brendan Lemon. Brendan Lemon was one of the reasons why I got to go out to Edinburgh. Um, he is one of my role models. Um, and he, we have an episode that where we talked about Trump. Um, I, I want to do another episode with him because I don't think that number one reflects how he currently feels. Number two, I think that there is much more that Brendan actually has to offer my um you guys. So stay tuned. He's gonna come out to visit me in New York in a couple days, or not a couple days, a couple weeks. But um, we were talking about so. I sometimes I, I have this problem where I feel that um people don't people don't people don't care about me. Um people or people don't miss me. Um and that I I and in a in a romantic sense a lot of times I feel that my life has been devoid of love. And I I've hooked up with, with, with quite a lot of women, um and but I, I don't think I've ever felt actually loved. Um, and, and so like, you know, there, there are times in which, you know, you, you ponder and you're, you're wondering why, why is this the case? Why, why, why not me? You know, and I'm sitting here trying to construct this, this, basically this, this perfect person, you know, in a sense for someone to, to really care and cherish. And this, this doesn't mean anyone, no one's had no warm feelings towards me or whatever. Of course, I've, I've had like flings, I've had small relationships, but just, I've never had, I've never had that, and Brendan pushed me on that, we were talking on our couch, because we were living together when we were in Edinburgh, and he, he said, um, oh yeah, and, and Brendan has a, a YouTube channel called, um, The Madness Continues, um, he, he talked about that, maybe, maybe the reason why this hasn't been the case is that I don't, I don't come from a, a point of integrity in a lot of the these um these flings or these relationships where I come from a zero sum game perspective. And there was something there was something about that that felt um what I would say painfully true. And it's not that I'm I'm lying or there's some level of deceit. It's that I I'm never fully I'm always trying to to get i it, it's all to move towards a, a goal of of sex or or to to not be rejected or whatever and even before i left i have, i had this friend and we 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 hooked up before i left for the the first time and it, it kind of felt weird cuz um i don't know sometimes it's it's the most difficult to hook up with someone that that you you care about or or have a relationship with outside of um it being romantic, and um, and I I still haven't talked to her um since then, and and so that that that's felt rather rather strange, and I think for me personally, the big thing is to be in an oh, and I had another thing where uh, a, a girl that I had had a, a encounter with in 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 Edinburgh. Where, you know, we almost hooked up and then, you know, just didn't. And then, you know, and during Edinburgh, like, it, there's so much happening every night. It's very hard to meet back up with somebody. You're doing tons of stuff. They're doing tons of stuff. But I run into her again at this um, bar. And um, later on, she texts me that night. Um, you know, I kind of want to fuck you right now. And which was really cool, except I didn't get the text message because um, my, my phone had died. And the next day, I didn't text her back. And then um, uh, she texted me something else about something else that happened that day. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait longer and play this, like, game, gamey process. And I texted her later that night, and nothing happened. And I, I, I felt really stupid because I felt like if I had just gotten in touch with her earlier that day and wasn't trying to play all these fucking games 
I think something would have happened. Um, but like going walking back that night, I was talking to my friend um, Juvian, and um, I came to the realization that like it really hit home that I need to be in integrity in a lot of these things. I need to just be doing what I say, want to communicating when I want to communicate with someone, and not trying to steep it in some arbitrary rules and laws that I've mentally constructed in my head about some metaform of neediness or lack of neediness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And this, I know this episode of the podcast has been very intense and um, that there hasn't been anyone else here and I haven't been all jokey like, hey, what up, you guys? You know, like, so like this. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, I wanted to get across a lot of these ideas in more of a, a, a serious way, you know? And so back to the integrity thing is, is that, and I guess one of the biggest things is to you strive to always, always be in integrity, you know? And to always try and push that platform and ask for what you actually want and and go for what you actually want and not try to steep it through all these levels of intentionality and, and implicature and whatever it's to to ask directly for what you want um and to not try and and in a sense manipulate somebody's i guess I'm heighten the emotional state for whatever reason or whatever and just to go for it because in the end, it's not worth it. And as for travel, um, like, you need to. You need to leave. You need to travel. And I'm not, I don't think travel solves all your problems. I, one of the best core answers I read was travel is overrated. And I do think so. The idea that you should just travel for travel's sake, and it, was, it, it won't. But that awareness that you cultivate, that um, that pressing against and, and being able to see where your culture is holding you back or how it could be better or how it is great is wonderful. Like one of the things I learned on the trip was that, you know, in America, we make it very easy to spend money, which isn't necessarily the case in the UK. I mean, bars close early. Um, diners, it's, it, it's not a 24-hour city, even in London. And so I have a massive amount of appreciation for America in that context. And um, I'm very excited about starting this next chapter in my life. Now, I will get a YouTube video out as soon as I get my camera set up. And I might not record it here. I might record it whenever I'm in New York. And um, expect um, no longer will this be one once a week posting. And I, I've said that so many times. I think it means nothing to you guys. But on my podcast and on my YouTube, we are going up to maybe two to three, maybe even four times a week. I think the podcast... Um, I think at most twice a week, but, um, YouTube, I think be on the lookout for, I'm going to, I'm not going to throw out a number. I'm just going to do it more. Um, um, and then let that normalize. And then, um, guys, uh, my Ted talk came out. So go check that out when you get a chance. Um, but as always, you know, like, follow, share, subscribe, follow me on Twitter. Cause I need it. Follow me on Instagram. Um, check out my YouTube. I, I'm glad being back. You guys now, let me, let me talk to you guys in my friend voice. I'm glad to be back. You know, I've I've really enjoyed you. Uh, I'm sorry that I, I've taken so long to post this or any subsequent or previous one, but there will be tons of, of content coming out soon. And I appreciate you guys. And I'm in this for the long haul. I'm getting ready to take the social media stuff very seriously. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Godspeed and good night.